Hey everybody, Steve here, one half of your hosts for Somebody Save Us, Revisiting Smallville, a podcast where we take a deep dive into each and every episode of the hit TV series, Smallville. I just wanted to let you know, uh, and I'm posting this about a week after the first episode has gone up, um, that uh, we have heard and we are aware of the sound quality issues in episode one and two. And I can tell you right now that things improve drastically by episode three. So if you can stick with us on those first two episodes, or if you want to skip them entirely and go to episode three, that is 100% your prerogative. We just want you to know that we are aware of these things. We are working on them and we are constantly trying to improve the podcast so that your enjoyment uh, and uh, our enjoyment in making it uh, are both at peak, peak, peak capacity. Uh, also want to give you guys a quick shout out because the reception so far has been um, far and away better than Paul and I ever anticipated. And so uh, for those of you uh, who are here, the early adopters, the old school and longtime fans of Smallville, and uh, people who just dropped in because they were curious, uh, big, big heartfelt thank yous from uh, both Paul and myself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Save Us podcast. I am Steve. I'm Paul. And we are on episode two of season one titled Metamorphosis. Uh, I am watching all of my episodes on iTunes because uh, I had to rebuy the entire series. Uh, and our episode synopsis for this is Clark discovers that a fellow high school student, Greg Arkin, played by Chad E. Donella, has been attacked by kryptonite. Oh, has been attacked by kryptonite-affected bugs. Sorry, very weird punctuation in there. Uh, Greg has taken on the eat, molt, mate, die life cycle of an instinct with Lana as his prey. Clark must rush to save her without revealing his superpowers. Meanwhile, Lex possesses Lana's kryptonite necklace and ponders what to do with the strange stone. Huh. So episode two picks up almost exactly where episode one left off. It's literally the next day. Um, it's literally the next day. Yes. And if you were to watch the original, um, like, air date, uh, the original broadcast, the episode one ends with the camera panning up into the night sky, and this episode begins with the camera coming right back down. Uh, so it was, all, like, almost a seamless cut or a cut in the middle of a commercial or whatever it was, but season episode one and episode two... Um, were kind of broadcast as a mini movie. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing is, because I, I didn't get into the show until well after this happened, I never saw it that way. I actually did see a version of it, like, like again, maybe on Space Channel or whatever channel I was watching it on, on some Saturday night. Uh, the pilot and then the second episode were on, but they were separated. And actually, even in the, uh, the kind of season one uh, insert, uh, it actually uh, shows separate air dates for the pilot in episode two. Really? Yeah, the air date for episode one was again uh, October sixteenth of one, and the it would have been the following week on the twenty third that uh, Metamorphosis has its air date. According, now, to I'm wondering if I saw it spliced together on like Space Channel or something. Space Channel is a Canadian channel for any like international viewers. Yeah. Uh, because I know that I've seen it as a movie and I, I multiple have, times. I, and I've heard other people describe this experience that you've had, but I just have never um, seen it that way. And I, I'll say this. Uh, the reason I seem to remember it being like that is because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Smallville's air date, its, its pilot debut date, was postponed. It was actually pushed back because as a uh, Paul said in the last episode, it premiered in October of 2001. Um, so not long after the events of 9-11. Yeah. And so, so a, lot of, a lot of TV got out of the way during that. Oh, time. yeah. Yeah. Everything was pushed back. Everything was delayed. Things were cut. Things were postponed. Things were entire series were killed. Um, 
So I seem to remember that's why it happened. That's what they said is like, well, instead of not showing one or not being or going an extra week into the uh, season or our season going too late into summer, we're just going to combine these two episodes. And I think they even shortened the mid-season hiatus. Um, Maybe. On that, that just seems how I remember it happening. So, yeah, but we actually, uh, as we're panning down, uh, like you said, gets getting right into the episode, uh, we actually see it's sort of like the camera is panning around and we're kind of, Clark is having a flying dream and he kind of flies in through Lana's window, sort of the way Mr. Burns does uh, into uh, Smithers. (laughs) (laughs) I never even like equated the two, but that is a perfect analogy. Uh, and so Lana, Lana's laying there asleep, but her eyes kind of snap open, uh, and which causes Clark to wake up from his dream. And he's floating above his own bed, which he then falls on and shatters to pieces. Like, which I absolutely love. Uh, and again, this goes back to me remembering see episode one and two as a like kind of self-contained movie. Is Clark floating there? in the very first episode, because Smallville's motto from conception was no flights, no tights. The promise of the show is you will never see Clark in the suit, in Superman suit, and Clark will never fly. Yeah. That is the promise they made to themselves, and I think, honestly, to their detriment at points. But um, episode one, Clark is maybe not flying, but for sure floating. And I've always kind of altered my headcanon around it to think that maybe Clark was flying, but instead of going into Lana's room, like sleep flying, you know what I mean? Right, right. Like not sleepwalking, but maybe he is flying in his sleep and he doesn't necessarily understand that he has that power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so we, um, we, we cut to the, like, he's, he's kind of late. He's, uh, he's being called to get down to the farmer's market and, uh, we cut to the next scene and he's kind of just, there's people kind of around and we just see him just shove a nail through a sign, like right in front of all these people, like, just like not, not giving no fucks, just like (laughs) a sign through a post by shoving the nail through, like, (laughs) and uh lana lana shows up uh walks up to him and asks where he was um and he kind of uh he uh she's with whitney and uh he's kind of yeah i was a little tied up and kind of looks directly at whitney while he says it yeah it's the, the thing with whitney is like you want to hate him because he's like Lana's boyfriend and he did a dick thing to Clark at the, in the first episode and they don't ever get better at making Whitney a good guy. No, they don't. They don't. Uh, and I'm like, go ahead. He's sort of just like a heel character almost. He, he is definitely there to be um, the antagonist to Clark's like, emotional side i guess if you have like a a move a villain of the week so that clark has to fight whitney is kind of the ongoing thing that's that gets in clark's way of like emotional satisfaction yeah yeah and so like and and sort of like he's sort of whitney is sort of who clark clark kind of wants whitney's life because uh then then jonathan's like oh congratulations on the game and blah 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 and clark just kind of stalks away he's just like you know what i'm gonna go to the truck there's stuff I left on the truck. And as he does that kind of Whitney catches up to him to try to kind of be like, Oh, you know, Hey man, just, you know, about last night, it was no big deal. It was just a joke. Um, but it's sort of just kind of an ulterior motive to be like, yo, uh, so about the necklace. Yeah. I need that back. So my girlfriend doesn't kick my ass, and um, Clark- which is even like uh, an even bigger dick move. Like, Hey man, you know, we were just joking when we kidnapped you. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, I, the way you said it is it never really like dawned on me or, or or like clicked in my head how like Clark walks away and I thought Clark just walked away because Whitney was there now and he's like I don't want to deal with this dick but the fact that like Jonathan is bonding with Whitney over football 
yeah. that Jonathan has forbade Clark from participating in, and it's one of the things that Clark wants the most. It's also very weird that Clark, with all these amazing abilities, would just want to be Whitney. Yeah. I mean, he like, again, he just wants to be a normal, normal dude. Yeah. Um, and so Clark, Kirk's kind of pissed off. And so he kind of responds to be like, well, I guess you better go look in that, that, uh, cornfield then, huh? It's a great clap back. Great clap back. Like, this is your fault, man. You clean up your own mess. Yeah. And so, uh, Lana, uh, is kind of standing at like a, a stand and gets snuck up on by the kid from final destination. Uh, and, uh, uh, Chad Donella, who's, uh, plays Greg. He's like one of one. Of, he's one of the guys from final the final the first Final Destination movie. I can't remember how. I, I him from somewhere. I just couldn't trace it. I can't rem- remember how he dies, but he's he's definitely in that first one. I don't know if he's in. Any, yeah, he's definitely not in any of the other ones because he's one of the people who dies for sure. Um, um, he is creepy as fuck the entire way. The he, entire episode. Like, there's no subtlety at all. He's not even like a good guy and then goes bad. Yeah. He's just a creeper right away. Yeah. 100%. Well, cause she, he, they're talking about school and he, he needs help with this paper and he immediately invites her to his house, but she's like, you know what? Uh, I'm catching a weird vibe off of you, Greg. So uh, how about the library? Well, like the morning before she finds a box in her room or, or on her porch or whatever and opens it up and it's full of butterflies. Oh fuck! Did that happen in this one? I think doesn't that happen before this? Uh, no, it definitely doesn't. It's got to happen after this. Oh, okay. I'm getting mixed up then because I'm like, that's just such the creepiest shit in the world. Yeah, no. I think it cut. It cuts right from Clark's like floating dream right to the farmers market. But yeah, I think that's oh, later, okay. later on. Uh, but yeah, so uh, um, as kind of Whitney comes up and kind of. Uh, kind of ushers uh, Lana away and then says, uh, hey, how about uh, stay away from my girlfriend? Uh, and as uh, they're walking away, Greg's like, well, sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. See, now, no, see, this happens later in the episode. Do they go back to the fair? Because isn't this him, like, kind of post-molting uh, now? Like, it doesn't he have his confidence now? And that's why he's like, you should come over and no the episode out is like the pimpled nerd well yeah but he's he's not that different like he's still he's like wearing like kind of like i think he's wearing like a black kind of jacket like a like a leather jacket and he's he looks a little different i guess they they point that out but um uh i guess this like right right after that like right after he says that that line about the windshield and the bug lex shows up and notices that clark is staring after lana and kind of grills him on the events of the previous night and and then after clark walks away lex continues to stare at lana <laughs> which is if anyone's keeping count after the after the first episode this is like a uh, long forlorn look across a crowded room uh number 2 yeah, but he's like grinning. He's like grinning. He's biting into an apple and he's like looking at it. Lex goes all creepy, but I, I meant Clark's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, Lex goes weird creeper for some reason. Yeah, and, and but and we're looking at like Lex, a 20 something year old man, just like eyeing up this 15 year old. Like, yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah, it's awkward. It's weird. Like, Whitney. And it gets worse as the episode goes on, actually. So yeah, Whitney's driving down the road, uh, and uh, we see um, Greg kind of like leap up a tree, and like just takes out, uh, just takes out Whitney Struck, like just... which this is just badly done, <laughs> <laughs> and I like because it's like it's it's badly done on so many levels is. Greg lands on the roof of Whitney's truck and starts smashing the shit out of it. Like to the point that the roof is like caving in near Whitney's head and Whitney, instead of hitting the brakes, yeah, slowing down, it drives at full speed and instead starts staring up at the roof. Like he's craning his head. He's completely not looking at the road whatsoever. Truck and Greg's nowhere to be seen. Nope. All of a sudden, the truck just like launches on its side. I was like, "Wow, it's really badly done." 
Yeah, and then like uh, the Kents just arrive like a second later. Like they probably saw all this happen behind him. <laughs> like and yeah. uh, and uh, Clark runs in and like jumps on Whitney just as the truck kind of explodes in a massive fireball, just as you know every truck does in this show. That's oh, I'm sorry. That's actually an excellent point. That the Kents were actually so close to this, they had to have seen it happen because Greg looks down the street and sees the Kent truck. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. means that the Kents saw someone there in the middle of the street and never questioned that there was someone there to witness the accident. Yeah, Not once mentioned it. And so, as the fireballs kind of like going, the uh, the uh, the uh, Clark's parents are like, "Oh God, Clark!" and they run up and 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 Pa Kent burns his hand on his hot son. Uh, Oh shit. Right. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. He, uh, he absorbs the blast. No, we're going to stop this line of uh, dialogue right now. And reset. Yes. He burns his head. Yes. Yeah. Jonathan is the only one injured. <laughs> so, yeah. And I actually mean this because when we see the horrible extent of Whitney's disfiguring accident, you have to wonder who the fucking continuity people on this show are. Right. Because the next scene he, Whitney shows up in, and I'm just going to jump forward a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's wearing a band aid yeah. on his cheek. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Band aid on his cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally, totally luckiest uh, car. Like, just, like, yeah, he should just be a, a mess. Not a single bruise, not a hair singed, nothing <laughs> out of place. He's got, he's got a band-aid, though. A band-aid that's literally not long enough to wrap around your finger. It's like he just wants to be Nelly, because he's a big Nelly fan in 90s hip-hop. Yeah. yeah. God, kids, jump into it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, so at at, uh, at Luther Mansion, we see Lex kind of just stare, kind of standing at one of like the uh, the uh, stained glass windows, uh, and he's got the necklace. He kind of walks over to the desk, and he just kind of kind of takes it and puts it into this small metal box, which we see a lot um, coming up. But um, he puts it into the box, and he's just kind of staring at it, and that's kinda- just huge. Like props to uh, my notes here. Forgive me, say the Luthers have the best sex. I think my autocorrect went off because I meant the Luthers have the best sets, right? As in set design. Right. Um, well, I mean, both things can be true. Why not both? Very fair. Very fair. Lex is, they allude to Lex being quite the ladies' man, so it might be true. Um, but I just wanted to say the nice little nod of if we go back to like Clark in the cemetery with the wings of an angel behind him. Yeah. It is really great set design that behind Lex to his off his left shoulder is a bust of Alexander the Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fantastic. set. I love all the sets in this old mansion. They really rock it out. They've got like the purple streaming through the, the uh, stained glass windows and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they, we, like, there's so many, uh, and it's fairly consistent throughout the series. Like, I think, I don't know if it's, I, I was trying to get a look at it, but like, there's stuff going on in like the future with like Veritas and stuff like that. And I think the V's are actually in the stained class windows at this point in the series. From that, I don't know if they, I wouldn't surprise me. I don't think we've gotten a good look at them. Yeah. But I, I would if you're right at all yeah but yeah so we uh we kind of cut uh, like almost from the because lex doesn't actually even say anything this scene is just silent like lex just it's just a lot of it's like a physical acting moment um yeah and so uh we get to the next scene He's and plotting. it's just lex plotting yeah just plotting lex uh and so we we get to lana kind of riding her horse to the stable and then uh Lex is actually there and she kind of uh, she's uh, she reminds him that they've met before. Uh, uh, yes. Talking which, about- is, 
an interesting scene because Lex is overtly flirty with Lana in this. So if we go back to like the stare from across a parking lot, this yeah. is flat out like fully inappropriate. Lex, 24, 25 year old man is like flirting he, with a 15 year old girl. He, yeah, he's sup. He's totally sup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, what you doing? But she makes she makes a, a pretty funny uh, uh, crack about the last time he saw she saw him. They were sk- he was skipping skinny dipping with some girl practicing his breast stroke. Yes, and he's just like, yeah. Uh, Which... but actually, Lex actually sees the necklace in uh, in the picture of Lana with the horse. Um, and then she he also kind of twists things a little bit questioning Lana's dating choices and trying to kind of puts it in her head that Whitney was up to something last night like just kind of stirring he just stirs the shit a little bit ever so slightly big up in Clark yeah oh just hey you know Clark's a good guy Clark was this and that and I oh no it wasn't it the whole like I heard Clark pulled your boyfriend out of the out of that steaming mess or whatever and then he ends it like essentially saying you know Clark's just a better man than Whitney yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we get to do uh, get to uh, Greg's creepy ass house. Uh, so his mom shows up, and like it's like over a hundred degrees when she looks at the uh, thermostat, and like she kind of walks up the stairs, and like the walls are covered in poopy, and like she's just like, "What the hell's going on here?" I just um, it's been pretty hot in, in my house lately. It is the middle of summer, but I, I see. Paul, pretty pretty hot in your place as well. Yeah, I'm, I I do have like decent air conditioning, but it is on the second floor, so it's not quite as good as you know the okay. second okay. The second. Does it ever get so hot that there's literally steam like a fucking jungle? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying to figure out what's going on in Greg's house. Does he just leave the shower on all day? He must. Like, where is the steam coming from, Greg? And then she enters his room and there are just webs everywhere. Or is it that like, I mean, is it webs or is it? I hope it's webs. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, do I hope it's webs? But then you got to ask where the web's coming from. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, I didn't. Uh, God damn it, Steve. God damn it. Well, I mean, what, what's. <laughs> I mean, what? What? He, does he poop them out? <laughs> so what's the better is it, you know yeah he's gotta he's gotta be able to aim so i think you're right i think he's just hosing it out oh man Ugh. That's not good. Ugh. Harry you don't really see greg from the waist down but I, my head cannon here is that he's completely nude while he's talking to his mom exactly what i was thinking too i thought the exact same thing i'm like this dude's not wearing clothes <laughs> Like cornered his mom in his own room, and he's not where. And he says something to the effect of, "Like you know, mother, the feral spider which kills its own mother upon hatching." And then, oh, no, this is the moment I, I just totally for, for, forgot because he kind of unhinges his jaw and barfs webbing all over. Oh, that's like, true. His mouth—it's got the CG. Like, I will. Um, don't. And this is just a word of advice from from me to our listeners out there. You don't ever, regardless of your activities, ever, ever, ever need to tell your mom you're about to mate. <laughs> There's just never, never an appropriate circumstance for that. Uh, no. I don't, Hey, Ma, Saturday night going out to the clubs and probably gonna fuck. You know, like, it, don't. He's creepy. Creepy. He's the worst. He's the worst. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, Lex uh, uh, finds Clark in the mansion kind of looking over his kind of Trojan War playset. Uh, and then... <laughs> And, uh, and then Lex kind of turns it around to be kind of, you know, uh, something somewhat fitting of the love triangle he sees between Whitney and Clark and Lana. And that uh, Lex kind of darkly jokes that, like, if Clark hadn't saved Whitney, his problems would be solved. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Because yeah. 
It's not a joke. Yeah, it's he, not. Like Clark looks at him like, well, "Are you fucking serious?" And then he's like, "Come on, Clark, I'm just joking." But it's already Lex kind of trying to transfer his own moral code, which is very lax, yeah. onto Clark. And I just love that it's so early in the series and they're already like, yeah, we're just like, here's the lines and we're going to start to draw them in the sand. Yeah, I think he's something. he says something to the effect of, come on, I'm not a criminal mastermind or something like that. Oh, I, it, he did, I missed it, but I, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. And then, so he, he actually walks then over to uh, the box and ha- before, he's about to hand it to Clark and then he opens it and revealing that he has the necklace in the box. Uh, and Clark kind of blanches away from a little bit, but Lex closes it and says that it's rumored to be made from the armor of St. George. And uh, he gives it to Clark to return to Lana. And then Clark asks what the box is made out of, because it is obviously shielding him from the effects of the uh, meteor rock. Yeah. Uh, Lex goes on and tells him that it's made of lead, which canonically is exactly what uh, is is a strength and a weakness for Clark, uh, a.k.a. Superman in the comic books, um, because he uh, lead off impedes his abilities, but it does shield him from kryptonite. Yeah, so it's a it's kind of a double edged sword. A little odd, though, that everybody has no problem running around with a lead box like can you no lead poisoning in this world? Yeah, I guess not. You know, is that not weird? Is that why Lex loses his marbles? <laughs> Maybe, yeah, everybody's just fucking <laughs> just lead poison. Uh, but uh, so in, in the meantime, Lana actually confronts Whitney about the night of the dance, and that he kind of comes clean and uh, admits that he lost the necklace. And she, uh, as she's leaving, this is kind of this is at school. Um, as she's leaving, she bumps into Greg or Spider Greg, and <laughs> who gets pretty aggressive about uh, her blowing him off for Clark because she says she's going to go talk to Clark. Yeah, I was going to touch on how like kind of weirdly prescient this show is with like today's modern internet culture. Yeah, and oh, yeah. How, like kind of this nerdy misogynist thing going on because at first i was like at the beginning of the episode i was like i hate it when they make nerds the bad guys because it's such a thing it's such a trope in superhero films that like we're gonna take the nerdy guy and we're gonna give him powers and he's automatically gonna turn into an asshole and i'm like you know you're kind of just making fun of the audience that made these things famous and kept them alive for like a century yeah i mean that and that's it's then I go on the internet and I see a bunch of guys trying to gatekeep shit all the time. And I'm like, well, there's a little truth in everything, you know? (laughs) And, but it's funny because like the, like we're supposed to understand that Greg has now molted, but the only real discernible difference in his appearance is that he slicked back his hair. (laughs) Like he's got no acting anymore. Right, I guess yeah. They but that was in the previous scene actually as well. Like, uh, which honestly, really well done. It that seems fucking gross. Oh, he's like scraping. powering with metal. Uh, those metal um, uh, like pillow pads, like clean cast iron pots and pans and shit. And he's using them to scrape his skin off. God damn. Yeah. Well and, done. and then Clark is also like on the farm before he returns the necklace is like testing himself against the, the necklace. Like he opens it up and he just gets his veins turn green and he's just like, Oh, and closes it. And then like, you notice actually it's like when he closes it, it gets a little brighter right away. Like it's, we're supposed to understand that as the sun is hitting his hand, he's like immediately healing. He's outside. I totally never caught that. Never caught that. I do like the effect of, of like the kryptonite poisoning. It looks good. I mean, like it, you can totally see the green screen border around his hand in most of the shots that they do a close up. Yeah. But it's a really cool looking effect. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and so, uh, but he's actually walking back over to the barn, and actually, Lana's in the loft, and he doesn't take this opportunity to give her the necklace back right away. They have a little conversation where she kind of, uh, she well, she points out that she was looking through the telescope, which was pointed at her house, I think, or something like that. <laughs> like uh, back in the day, this was actually a fairly convincing set. But like watching it now, it is brutally obvious that that's just a giant poster out there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And and the like just over time, like the amount. I think the 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 problem is is the actual that farm set actually is a real place. Like it actually exists. So for them to not have the loft as like a it's as as like a real exterior set. Like I think. Sometimes it is, and other times it's not. It's weird. I'll have to keep my eye open. I know that in this episode, every time they looked out of that big barn, exit the like the loft exit, it yeah. was definitely a, a photo, like a painting. Painting <laughs> on the outside, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, that's it's actually weird. Uh, not long ago, I can't remember why. I mean, I, I'm gonna have to like admit that I watched a bit of Riverdale. But uh, there was an episode where Archie, uh, Dude, I love Archie, and Archie and Jughead were looking for somewhere to hide after leaving town, and they show up at Kent Farm. Like I recognized the house right away, and like they tried to hide out in the barn. Like it's 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 the same it's the same property because, and that's not surprising because they're shot in the same area. I totally missed that. What's he? Uh, I will go back and watch that. I got to Riverdale halfway. it's midway through like the third season or something like that i don't know uh i'll get back into it just to see the kent farm yeah it's uh uh i can't remember what it is but it's 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 uh, archie and jughead or somewhere anyway back to our actual show um but yeah greg greg doing that extreme exfoliating is just oh just the skin pile sitting in the drain (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, I guess the next thing is just like uh, it's like nighttime at the farm, and uh, you know, and Clark is about, is going to offer f- some help, but he gets jumped by Spider Greg. Yeah, why is Greg attacking Clark? Just because he was, he was with Lana. That's it. That's all it took. I guess. Yeah. Just you know. But uh, we actually see Clark's super speed for the first time because uh, Jonathan gets knocked through the railing and he's going to land on the like the farming implements below. But we see Clark uh, the time slow and Clark kind of jog over. And I actually love this effect. Yeah. I think this looks really good. I think it works really well. Yeah. Because um, it's obvious that everything around Clark is moving in slow motion while Clark is moving at like a fast speed for himself so you have to think when you reverse that if you were in real time jonathan's real time how fast it would look like clark is moving so i think it's just a really really well done effect oh yeah 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 it's it and they do it a lot in the series and so sometimes sometimes it's better than others but they actually really hit it nicely it's probably one of the effects thus far which we haven't seen many but it's it's pretty convincing and really good um now, and then but, then clark catching jonathan is the weirdest framing of a like i've ever seen it's it, it yeah he kind of, he's he's laying under him it's almost like uh like the toasty guy from mortal kombat <laughs> He almost shows up and then like disappears again. Was like, what just happened? That doesn't look like it. Almost yeah. looked like a. Yeah, it looks like almost like a comp. Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. It's it's just it. Does, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but it doesn't look natural. No, it doesn't. Like just the way Clark is kind of laying under uh, Jonathan to catch him. Like, how is that the most effective way to catch him? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Like he's why don't not just push the farming implement out of the way and like basket catch him? But I don't know. Anyway, who he caught him? That's the important part. 
Yeah. So right, but right after that, we, they noticed some slimy, uh, shoe prints on the ceiling. And then, uh, uh, Clark tells, uh, um, Jonathan about the wall of weird. And we cut over to Chloe, uh, and Clark asks about Greg and Chloe calls him out for acting a little weird. And then we again, cut to Chloe immediately dis- digging up a theory about meteor infected bugs and Clark kind of being like, Oh boy, come on, come on, Chloe. And Chloe, yeah, Chloe probably trained Batman. Yeah, she's got to. I mean, she's immediately figures. Immediately, like nobody else can, can deduce from no evidence whatsoever. But like again, this is like they're at school, and it's like the middle of the day, and then next thing we we, we know, they're breaking and entering, yeah. <laughs> like it's breaking into someone's house because. It's messy inside. That is like yeah. their, their justification is hey, it's pretty messy in there. Better break in. Better break in. And so they right away they find three things. They find the skin, and they they find a, a like a TV on where just videos of Lana sitting under a tree playing with flowers or something. <laughs> and then they find mommy turned into the crib keeper. Yes, which. I don't know if that was actually the actress in makeup or if that was just like a cast dummy, but it looked great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good practical if, if she was in kind of, you know, like a, a bunch of, a bunch of makeup, but I don't think it is. Cause it's, it's very crypt keepery. <laughs> Even if it was cast face, it was a well done. Like, you know, either way, the latex looked great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh, but, uh, so we, co- we, there's kind of some creepy music playing and Lana is at the stable again. And we're like, oh crap, oh crap. Lana gets snuck up on by Whitney. And then they're having like a little chat. And then uh, Greg shows up and just KOs Whitney. Um, and uh, it kind of does like a quick cut. And when he wakes up, she's gone, but Clark's there. Uh, there's kind of a moment where Whitney kind of, he is trying to actually tries to apologize, but when he does, he kind of turns back to where Clark was standing. He's just gone. And Clark is gone. And I, yeah, I, I saw that too. And I'm like, Oh, for a second, Whitney was going to be a good guy. Clark and Whitney could have been friends, but Clark wasn't there for it. Nope. But booked it too soon. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Clark's trying to save the day. Yeah. And then uh, we kind of cut to uh, Clark finding Greg's little treehouse of horrors and uh, and they smash up the place. They uh, they fight it out a little bit and they end up in this kind of old factory or something. Yeah. It, it, I mean, because of what happens later on when, when Clark seeks refuge in like a big lead line smelting pot i have to assume it's some kind of uh defunct manufacturing plant or, or don't they say that his oh they say something clark actually says what it is because he says uh when he's trying to lead whitney to lana or he says greg's right. treehouse the old treehouse he used to have is like a quarter click behind this factory or whatever it is so he says what it is but it's definitely right. an industrial yeah. area. Yeah, like a, like a forge or something. Yes. But yeah, so um, but yeah, there it's kind of like there's there's a bit of tossing each other around and uh, and then uh, just kind of some hide and seek going on because now once once Clark's hiding, it seems like the lead is actually interfering a little bit with Greg even. Like he can't, uh, he can't find him. Oh, I uh, never took it that way. I just thought he was like successfully hiding well. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe that was it. But, um, uh, so there was a little bit more struggle. Um, and, uh, Clark kind of just throws, uh, um, throws, uh, like Greg against something. And, and then, uh, Greg is pu- pulls on this chain or something. And he pulls like the scoop of a, like an excavator down on him, yeah. on himself. Yeah. And then, and then he explodes and then, into like a million bugs. 
Like into a million roaches, yeah. And I'm <laughs> confused by how that managed to happen. <laughs> he goes from one thing to a billion things. Just a bunch of bugs wearing skin? Is this like three dogs yeah. in a trench coat kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, was, he was actually like 100,000 cockroaches in a trench coat the entire time. Now, that's and he would have gotten away with it. He would have gotten away with it, too. It wasn't for these damn kids, which there are a, and another Warner Brothers or DC uh, property. Um, there are a lot of parallels between Scooby-Doo and Smallville. Uh, and I'm here for it, by the way. I love it. Uh, but yeah. another theory is that Greg is actually still under that, um, that excavator claw, uh, the bucket. And that yeah. the impact just split open his egg sack. And those are actually... Uh, yeah. That's Ugh, my, yeah. and, and it has to remain true because... Uh, I mean, I don't want to go into spoilers, but we said it a little bit last episode. Greg's kind of important to the series overall. You're not going to find yeah, out for yeah. why, but... Right, exactly. So but yeah, so anyway, like Clark, Clark runs back to uh, pull Lana out of the webbing, and as she's coming to, she uh, like the first name she calls out for is Whitney, and it kind of shatters Clark a little bit. Ow! Ouch! But it makes sense. I mean, Clark did all the work. Whitney's going to get all the uh, the accolades, but. I mean, Lana is dating Whitney. That's the one thing we all need to keep in mind. It's Clark is the outsider yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it's a natural, natural thing for her to have actually uh, called out for him. But um, in the end, uh, Clark kind of just leaves the necklace hanging on her, the door of her house. Um, and so I think she assumes that Whitney returned it. Yeah, um, I think. I Absolutely. She's like, oh, he's surprising me. How sweet. Yeah, and so Clark is kind of watching from, watch, watches her find it. Uh, and that's kind of where the episode ends. And so, uh, yeah, again, like, as... Uh, what... Uh, okay, we'll go back to last week really quick. What did you think of last week's villain? Good, kind of weak, a nice challenge for Clark? Because I think we both kind of, like, summed up, like, he electrocuted himself and then lost, and then Clark did nothing to really win the fight. So he was kind of a a, a nothing, really, kind of a plot device more than anything else. Right. Yeah. Basically, what it comes down to with a lot of these villains is they either have to be super strong as well, uh, or they're in an environment where there's either uh, media rock or or something around that weakens Clark enough that they can get the upper hand. But uh, yeah, I guess Greg kind of acquits himself a little better than the, uh, than uh, Jeremy from the last episode who said electrocuted himself. Um, I think he handled himself a little better. Yeah. I think he definitely fights better. Uh, He's, he poses, uh, he seems to pose a bigger threat to Clark because uh, I mean, like you said, the kryptonite's there, but he at least throws Clark around a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, there's also uh, this is the kind of the beginning of a pattern of well, I guess the last one was as well. So the last one was the beginning of the pattern of um, the villain of the week dying, but Clark not being directly responsible. Right. Yeah. Not so, killing them. Yeah, they're all responsible for their own demise. So the first guy uh, crashed through the the wall. Water everywhere, electrocuted himself. Uh, pulls on the chain, bucket lands on him. Not Clark's fault. It was Greg trying to, yeah, right, Uh, yeah. But I think definitely Greg, better villain than the last guy because we don't even remember the last guy's name. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I did eventually write it down. I remember it's Jeremy, but again, we don't even find that out until like until Chloe tells us, right? So it's um, a bit of yearbook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, overall, like the episode is good. And like you said, like it, it, I did watch them very close together this time and I see how they would have fit as one. 
um, as like a double episode. Um, but uh, from from this point on, they kind of break into individual episodes, and there are like little things, like little arcs, start to appear. But uh, for the most part, it does kind of go into a uh, uh, freak of the week, yeah, kind of teeth for a little while. Um, and and the show is very aware of it. Uh, and the overarching the, the the little story arcs that happen now are more character driven and emotionally based so it's it's yeah so the, the show uh over a longer a period of time kind of trying to cement who the characters are where they stand and what their dynamics are between all of them and it is all of them because people start to play off each other all over the place here uh which is good because later on you really appreciate that everybody has a history with everybody else yeah and like again like it's a real slow burn but like as you go through the series it it's why you can't really start watching this show and really get the most out of it by watching say skipping to like season seven or season eight because like they're not going to reintroduce why these characters know each other to you at all like they expect that by season eight season seven that you know who these characters are you're paying attention to the show week to week and they're not going to remind you who this character is. Yeah, there's no way. It is, in in a way, it's very much a soap opera. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which has, you know, a lot of soap operas, decades and decades of history, and they don't revisit it. No. Uh, you just have to know that there are dynamics between, you know, Clark and Lex, Lex and Lana, Clark and Lana, Lana and Chloe, Chloe and Lex, Chloe and Clark. And it's just one of those things where... <laughs> the Kent truck and explosions. Yeah, yeah. The Kent truck, man, never gets enough love. Never, ever. <laughs> uh, so this would be like roughly the part of the episode where we would take in a little bit of uh, uh, listener feedback. But uh, Paul and I are recording our first few episodes back to back to back. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that right now, but we're doing it basically for everybody's benefit just because we want to have a whole bunch of shows in hand so that we can dole them out on a regular schedule and be very consistent with the way we deliver it to you. Yeah, and, um, and, then, and then also once we start getting some stuff from you guys, uh, we, can, uh, we can read some of it on the show or even create a little separate bottle episodes that are just kind of a mailbag oh yes excellent excellent idea um and again as we take in your feedback we the show is i mean we're in this for the long haul smallville's got 200 so, i 214 episodes something like that so uh, like yeah we have uh uh we have 215 left to go steve buckle up folks buckle up uh so the the show is going to change it's going to grow it will adapt to um uh we're going to get better at doing it we're going to get more comfortable at doing it um we'll uh, hopefully production and everything will be a lot easier for us but we're also going to take your feedback in and hopefully make a show that we really enjoy doing and you really enjoy listening to yeah absolutely that being Uh, said paul what happens next time? Uh, on the next episode of Smallville, he has a burning desire for victory. A win-at-any-cost football coach turns deadly when unexpected exposure to kryptonite gives him the power to cause his critics to be engulfed in flames. Better. The write-up's better <laughs> than the last one. Uh, and the episode is called Hothead. Head. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have already watched this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's not exactly the best way to describe the episode, but hey, you know, it's it's a football episode. It is, and you know what? It's actually the timing couldn't be better because it is the beginning of football season. Yeah, uh, and I, I've been like, if you follow me at all on. Any, I've been talking about football. So, yeah. 
Well, speaking speaking of that, uh, we should uh, let people know where they can find us uh, on uh, all the socials, all the social media and stuff. So uh, neither of us are on the the Facebook, uh, but um, we do have a Twitter account as at uh, Save Us Pod on Twitter. We also have a Patreon account, patreon.com slash save us pod. Yeah, and you can, uh, you know, that's more of like if you want to support the show, uh, kick us a couple dollars, whatever you feel like uh, contributing. Uh, it probably will go a long way to keeping us on this thing and uh, maybe getting us some better equipment down the road. And, and it really probably will benefit the show. Um, and we really appreciate anyone who does that. And even if you if you don't, even if you don't, even if you just want to rate the podcast on whatever service you use, iTunes or whatever uh, podcatcher you happen to be using, just give it a, a review. Um, and uh, again, all your feedback, we're listening. Positive reviews would go a long way, guys. That would be great. Um, the Patreon is there as just absolutely an option and not an obligation. Uh, while we would appreciate any and all uh, donations to the Patreon and we would use them to go back into the show, uh, that's just kind of a supplemental thing that we hope takes off because Paulie and I are both, uh, you know, guys, regular guys with nine to fives. So this is um, a, a hobby for us right now, but if we could turn it into a profession, neither one of us would blink an eye at doing so. Uh, absolutely also have an email account if you guys want to drop us an email and that is at uh, saveuspod at gmail.com that's it um, so I think that is it ladies and gentlemen I am Steve I'm Paul somebody save us